Hello, everybody. What's going on? What's up? Hello. Hello. We are live now. I'm making sure that I have your video, the video up on the page. So we normally do, if you do not know, we normally do a podcast that we had kind of put on hiatus for a while. And in this podcast, we discuss music things. Mainly, the kind of gist of the podcast is that uh, we pick a band or an artist of the week. And, oh, I hear the knocking. Can we turn the knocking No, no it's, it's fine. I, it's I think knocking. it's, it's just gonna somebody yeah. commenting or giving likes and stuff. So we'll hear but it, not, but it's not going to be like last It's not going to be like the woodpecker. Yeah. Okay, just want to make sure. They fixed it. <laughs> okay. So... Here, yeah, perfect. So the the premise of the the premise of the podcast is we pick a band of the week, and uh, we discuss it. All of us take our our own take on the band. We discuss whether you know they're an influence to us. Uh, we discuss kind of the big cultural significance, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, we get you know we get ridiculous, and uh, yeah. So we decided kind of uh, to break up the live streams that we might wanna take this live, and hopefully like maybe eventually even like Skype some of you guys in. Uh, so we're gonna go ahead and uh, go on with our live podcast and let us know what you think. Obviously comment, like, um, suggestions, all that is appreciated. <laughs> all right, cool. So this week's episode is about The Cure. Yes. The band. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> Which is also kind of... Not a... the vaccine by Bill Gates. Yes. <laughs> it's apropos, Scott. Yes, I, I pick this. And, you know, there, there are people in this band who like them, who don't like them, who are fine with them. And you will get to decide, I mean, get to see as this goes on, who is who. Yeah. All right, so the first thing I wanted to start this episode out with is a quote by Robert Smith. And at the end, I'm actually going to go over a bunch, too, because I feel like that's one of the greatest things he's actually given us is all of his fantastic quotes. But the first one is, the music always reflected to a very large degree how I am mentally. And I love this. The thing I have always found excellent about The Cure is that they have a sound, but they don't have a style, and that is something that we work very hard for in our band. The Cure can make you a happy, upbeat song such as Why Can't I Be You, but then put out a dreamy ballad such as Letters to Elise, and, and you never feel like you're listening to a different band. Too many bands now have a cookie-cutter style that makes it almost like every song indistinguishable from the next. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Oh, no. Brian is saying The Woodpecker is back. No, The Woodpecker's not back they hear no, they hear the click, but they don't hear it. click, 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 like where it goes forever, though. Right. They do hear the pops, though. Okay, let me see. If Is I... there a way to turn it off? I think the pops are coming from the actual stream itself. I think you have to. Well, you have to have it, right? You have to have it the browser open. It yeah. doesn't look. Yeah, it doesn't look like there's a way. I think to turn that sound. I mean, there's got to be at some point, but I'm not really going to worry about that now, just because, like I said, it's like. It's not going to go on forever how the other one did. Well, that one is. Okay. <laughs> right. right. It's back. We'll, we'll, ch we'll, change, we'll change that. Yeah. I don't know how the woodpecker keeps coming off and on throughout our lives, but it's kind of like a ghost of Christmas past that like haunts us. But, you know, it reminds us. It reminds us to be humble. Yeah. That's a, that's a really, good way to, really good way to look at it. And appreciate no, it's not back. Oh, thank God. Brian, <laughs> you scared us. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank God it's not back. All right. So, yes, as we were, uh, we were saying, we we're kind of going into like the, the main reason why Scott really likes the care uh, has more, actually not necessarily more to do with, but, you know, has 
a good significance to do with more or less his his take and his philosophies on music and kind of why he does what yeah he more does. than even the songs just like their style and their attack at the music like one of the youtube documentaries that i watched on them referred to them as both suicidal and whimsical <laughs> <laughs> two things that are thought not to coincide it's a very existential it's concept and it's something that i feel like at least megan and i deal with daily just living with balancing the light and dark sides of your personality and one often offsetting the other oh absolutely no, that, that's 100%. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I swear to God, with my nihilistic nature, I, I, I'm going to put the arm down because it's just not working. That's, that's 100% me. I, I think suicidal and whimsical is probably a perfect description. So I can absolutely relate. <laughs> well, also, maybe you can use your uh, ghostwriter example because I feel like that's actually perfect. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So one thing that I thought was interesting because um, I was really into acting back in the day. And somebody that I obviously, I mean, amongst all the actors, I would really, uh, I'd look into Nicolas Cage, like kind of what his process was. And <laughs> yeah. And I some, love Nick. Right? <laughs> I, I mean, he's wild. Like, <laughs> if you're studying the craft of, of the theta, you must look at Nicolas Cage, right? <laughs> so um, one of the things I thought was kind of a, a really cool point, even though it's a goofy movie, is when he was in Ghost Rider, uh, the directors and everybody wanted him to be very brooding and dark and like be into like listening to heavy music metal and, and all these like uh, rather like you know sinister and, and broody you know types of um, uh, likes and interests for this character right and he said no I, I don't want to do that I actually think that if somebody was genuinely haunted by by the devil and had this actual demon over his shoulder and waiting for him his entire life because he sold his soul to the devil that the last thing he would do is want to kind of dwell in the darkness he would want to distract himself entirely from that so that's why in the movie Especially he's like if that's what he's doomed to be yes. in forever after this. so in the movie he's actually watching like chimp videos and silly Super, like, tom and jerry cartoons yeah and he's listening to the carpenters <laughs> so everything is really like peaceful and and kind of whimsical and goofy and i i liked i thought that was a really interesting take and and something that i think we all can relate to is that when you're actually feeling despair you know a lot of the times the last thing you want to do is more or less dwell in that and i know you almost want to kind of you know distract yourself in a, in a way you know take yourself out of that so i thought that was cool so in a nutshell ghostwriter is the cure there you go. Right? You go. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Like, like in Should a have been uh, the character form, yeah. for sure. I just wanted to comment real quick, because uh, I often have to do this, because Kelly Barker says, hi, guys, greetings from Skull Country. Oh, no. I just want to say that um, I feel bad, and maybe we need to all start a donation program, because I'm pretty sure Skull Country is like a third world country, and he might need some assistance. Aww. <laughs> Football trash talk. Yes. <laughs> Back to the music. All right. So... The Cure's first two albums, in my opinion, were pretty weak. Not because, I mean, well, I mean, yeah, like the material's kind of weak too, but the sound quality was weak. Yeah. It just all sounded very, uh, very amateur in general. But one thing I would like to touch on is the song Killing an Arab. Mm. I found out recently that that song is not on Spotify, and I think the reason why they don't have it on Spotify, from what I could tell, is because is of the they, name. Yeah. yeah, they think that it's some kind of xenophobic song about wanting to kill Arabic people, which is actually completely the opposite of what it's about. It's actually um, a song that's based on a book called *The Stranger* by a French philosopher named Albert Camus, and the the point of the man killing the the Arab was it was to show that 
whatever his actions were that they didn't matter mm -hmm. because earlier in the book they also show him at his mom's funeral mm -hmm. and his mom and he doesn't cry he doesn't care he just sits there drinking coffee and smoking cigarettes by her coffee and just it's not a thing and then in the end after he's sentenced to death for killing the arab he even uh he'll he'll even show his indifference to his own death so it's more that it, it doesn't really matter who you are yeah. that dies he just doesn't see the death itself as being important as just a example of him explaining his existential philosophy yeah. so it's not a xenophobic song it's not about killing an arabic person specifically yeah, yeah. specifically it's more about the metaphor that goes along with it so i thought it was kind of funny that spotify didn't have the song on there i wonder if that was from the very beginning though like if Spotify just said like nope because of the name. No, actually I looked it up and they said in 2016. 2016. Oh, okay. yeah. so they took it out. Yeah, that song was the first uh, single released by before what they were called Easy Cure. Yeah. You know and. Oh yeah, Easy Cure. Yeah, yeah. and then they re um, recorded the three boys. What's yeah, three imaginary boys. Yeah, yeah. yeah later on. But, uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. But well, for good. some reason, it, it did lay under the radar on Spotify and then eventually maybe got flagged or somehow caught their attention. But it is, you know, based off of this existential story, more or less telling, you know, this extended metaphor rather than obviously some kind of um, political or, or racial That's take. just uh, almost with the same concept with like Jimmy World's uh, the self-titled album that they changed it last minute because of 9-11. Oh, was yeah. Late American. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, I'm... I can see them doing that. That's just PR. Right, 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 yeah. right. Yeah, and even the band, The Cure, you know, they were not satisfied with the sound of those, you know, those two albums. That they they thought they were coming out of the post-punk, you know, mm -hmm. scene by by that that, like that time. Like all Joy Division, New Order type of stuff. Yeah, yeah, but they're, you know, as you know, The Cure, they're always, you know, transforming their sound, their image, everything in the band, even members. So. Yeah. Well, and what, what's cool about that is something we picked up from the documentary, and I won't go too far off of um, your, your point, Scott, because Scott has dedicated a very lovely timeline to keep us all on track so we don't <laughs> Robert trail too bad. But what I thought was interesting is, is hearing in the documentary him say everybody thinks that we had some sort of master plan. And that we had some sort of, from the beginning, this is the arc and this is like what our journey was going to be, right? And, and that was like the farthest from the truth. And I kind of thought that was a really interesting take, that he let it naturally evolve and it wasn't like just some whole like, oh, this is how I've planned it all along. That was interesting. Well, yeah, because originally they never even wanted to be popular. And then after, uh, I think it was the pornography album, was when he decided oh, yeah, that... yeah, that would he, make sense. Yeah, like, I mean, we'll, we'll probably get further to that down yeah. the line, but he just decided that he actually kind of wanted to try more poppy sounding stuff when before they were kind of rejecting all Not of that. Not interested, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I think there was only one more thing that I wanted to throw out though about uh, Albert Camus as the author, that he, he is a very interesting character as far as somebody who would be an existential character, because if, if you think about the main popular existential philosophers, like Frederick Nietzsche and Jean-Paul Sartre, they all became existential, like kind of due to their uh, initial lack of popularity. They're all kind of nerdy type of guys who never really got along well with women. And, well, no, it's true. Like, that's, that's how it goes. But the difference with them and the Albert first Camus. Incels. Yeah, kind of. Um, but the difference between them and Albert Camus is that he never had a problem there. 
so super cool. Yeah. Like he was actually like a total womanizer. Like with, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not I am not <laughs> saying that's a good thing. I'm, all I'm saying is, is that it's weird the contrast between the typical people who are existential philosophers. Super cool and, beat ladies, like you know. I I'm heard. teasing you. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so you're gonna have like all the fans on me thinking that your domestic abuse it's gonna be like a closet gate over here. It is gonna, gonna be like, break you out of the house. Scott, look at Lee. <laughs> I know Lee. Sometimes he, sometimes he trumps it. <laughs> he says weird sometimes shit. Sometimes the same words. <laughs> all right, it's just words. It's so not a big deal. Yeah. So pretty much the guy. He, in contrast, he was seemed he seemed like he was some kind of cool guy or, or whatever, right? And and that. Uh, he he did. Uh, yeah, he the won a Nobel Prize yeah, for yeah. all this stuff. He just yeah. he wasn't a person that you would typically <laughs> think like like how like especially Nietzsche was. He was like kind of more like reclusive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just kind of stuck to himself. He failed a lot. Like he never really had a relationship that mattered. Like but this guy was the complete opposite, yeah. and I feel like it's interesting just to see. Well, I mean, I guess Kierkegaard was kind of like that, but we don't really like him very nah. much. So that's personal. Yeah. Anyway. anyway, yeah, we can get off of that because yeah, one thing that you will definitely, while well, Scott kind of looks at what our next uh, kind of topic is in, in the cure, one thing that you will take away from this is Scott and I are very heavily existential. I can't, I can't speak to the rhythms for the rhythm section because <laughs> I'm not going to put that on them. But we're very, very much into philosophy, probably to a point that will eventually annoy you. So a lot of the podcasts and like the things that we'll talk about will always kind of tie back into those philosophies. So that's just kind of you know something about us that you might you might want to keep in mind when listening. That's a really cool point. Oh, let's see. Oh. Let's see here. What's cool is that Robert Smith kept schooling himself, not just go on his music career to have a plan B. Oh, I like that. Yeah. No, I mean, you guys are making some excellent points. I should be paying more attention to the chat as we, as we go along, for sure. Oh, yeah. All right. So now we're going to get into the meat of the music. Yes. So after Three Imaginary Boys and Boys Don't Cry, they have a boy theme going on here. <laughs> um, their next album boy was power. called 16 Seconds. And this is when they began to get real notoriety with their single, A Forest. Somebody mentioned it in the comments earlier, but I've decided I'm going to be able to show everybody who doesn't know what these songs are, what the song is. So we are going to play at least a clip of A Forest for you right now. Hopefully it won't get our audio shut no, off like it's, immediately. It's all good. But so you guys can have some context. Yeah, because if you've never heard these songs, I mean, it, you might actually discover something you really like. So, yeah, here we go. 16 seconds and a forest. And Ben Ortiz is saying, what's up? What's hey, going ben. on, Ben? Hey, Ben. Ben's a homie. Ben's a good man. He's the one trying to get a, boy. trying to find that uh, gold uh, MD twenty twenty. Yes. Yeah. Yep. yeah. While you guys are kind of listening, Ben was on the hunt for the gold MD twenty twenty. That is honestly not anywhere. It's not in stores. We cannot find it here where we live. Ben, I, Ben, what state are you in? We couldn't find it anywhere. Uh, he said he went on a seven-hour search. That's how dedicated he is. For a minute there, I thought it was sound from the outside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll skip ahead so you guys can hear the beat. This is way too long of an intro. Another thing we're going to complain about that we freaking hate about this band, even though we love the band. The, 
This song is on my Megan playlist. Yeah, because I I love the bass line. It's freaking killer. Stop before the Facebook police get us. Yep. <laughs> They'll recognize it. Yeah. Sweet. What's weird is, is you guys actually honestly don't even need to hear the words because the words actually kind of don't matter in this song. Right. It's more about just this groove. So we'll, we'll cut this here just to give you the vibe. Yes, because we also don't want to get completely shut off because that will happen if it catches it. No, he doesn't. Brian Herndon, he claims that he has it in Kentucky. If Brian Herndon has it in Kentucky, you need to send that to our P.O. Box stat. I, I want a picture. Uh, I want a picture posted to the middle page right now. All right. So anyway, the point. Point what? We wanted them to see their first single. Right. I know, but I thought you were going to talk about it. I don't need to talk about that song. It's a catchy bass line. Okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just going to sit here? No, I'm, I'm going to get to the next point for yeah. sure. But Okay, so Pornography is their next album. And this album is sonically awesome. It reminds me of a lot of early shoegaze bands, which is a sound that I love. You know, like people know, like freaking Slow Dive and uh, My, My Bloody Valentine. And it just, as much as I love the sound, I've never been able to figure out how to proper, properly implement it into how we make music. I'm still working on it. So hopefully once we get there, I'll be able to do something well with that. But right now, everything I've done sounds like garbage. So we'll get past that. Um, the thing I think that annoys me the most about this record and other albums by The Cure is that instead of making focused albums with a good song structure, a lot of the, the song structure, a lot of the tracks just come across as jams that they put words to, which is the same reason I'm not a big fan of most of Pink Floyd's pre-Dark Side of the Moon albums. Robert Smith said this of pornography. When we came to do pornography, I really thought that it was for the group. I wanted to make the ultimate fuck-off record that The Cure... Hold on, sorry. I was reading off my notes and then... Just told it. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Okay. So I want to make the ultimate fuck off rec record and then the cure would stop. I really identify with him on this one. There are so many people who try to pigeonhole you into whatever they want to see you as. You never get to, you never get compared to yourself. It's always who you sound like yeah. and what they believe you're about. Yep. Sometimes even making music feels useless because it always seems like someone else is telling your story and you're just a character in your own story. Mm. After touring behind this album, bassist Simon Gallup, which is killer bass player, I loved all of his early bass lines, quit the band as a result of doing too many drugs, and Robert Smith went into a month-long detox. This did result in him writing one of their first songs that would begin to put them into pop territory, and that's Let's Go to Bed. Nice. Yeah, when they came up with all this stuff, um, this was, what, in the early 80s? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Okay. Oh, I, yeah. oh yeah. yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, like something was like 79, 78 in that. 78, that's what it is. 78 was the early, 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 early stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm just trying to get a, my bearings on their years because, oh, yeah. I mean. Um, but, I mean, if, if you're, you know, the, the biggest point for me, for sure, in that early work is, like you were saying, just completely a jam. Like, they just wanted to. Like fish. Yeah. <laughs> jam band. Yeah. Not that bad. <laughs> Not that bad. <laughs> I mean, and I, obviously, this is like, when, when we bring up these bands, a lot of these musicians we have huge respect for so i think one of the coolest things about um liking something or being you know very passionate about something is your ability to to really critique it and, and analyze it for for what it is uh because that to me is actually learning something and getting something out of it so while it might sound like we're you know completely dogging on the cure it you know is the exact it's, opposite yeah, exactly it's like i wouldn't even i'm kind of one of those people that you know 
if I don't like you, it's like I, I don't even waste a, my breath. Well, alone. that's what I was going to say. I, I think an excellent example, because I was thinking about this earlier and how to explain to people really what we're saying is, is it's kind of like how you could talk shit on your brother, mm. but if anybody else talks shit on your brother, you get really pissed. Yes, <laughs> you know yes. I mean? yes. Like, <laughs> it's just a, about you looking at them and objectifying it as what you completely believe that it is, mm -hmm. but it doesn't take away your love for it. Yeah. Absolutely. I think they were, you know, they've been trying to, like, all the time with the songs, trying to, like, create an atmosphere rather than a pop song. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's why they're kind of, like, more dreamy, jam kind of thing, you know, with the songs, which I like. Oh, yeah. I honestly, I was just listening to the album Kiss, Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me. That, that's one of the best ones. It's, here. oh, man, yeah, so good. So that's what I like about them. Like, they don't care about being in a format, you know, yeah. just to like fit into a three thirty minutes, you know, pop song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just go and play and, you know, whatever they feel, whatever they, you know, Robert Smith might be thinking of, put it on a song and that's it. That's the new, that was the new single at, at, at that time. And I don't know if pornography was when they signed with fiction label, with the fiction record label. You know what? I'm actually not sure, but the sound quality of that album is significantly better than the ones previous to it. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. Yeah, and I was going to say, too, as far as his uh, little dive into pop, I... <sighs> I think as you guys all know by now or whoever actually listens to the podcast that I don't see pop as the bad word that everybody sees it as. Most of the time I feel like what people mean by pop is a song that's just put together in an easily digestible way. I, I don't know I don't know, but I'd rather just write songs that like the message could re reach most people by by way of being accessible and easy to understand rather than being so wrapped up in my own self pretense that yes. I would just make the listener listener figure it out. In fact, I see long verbose songs with no direction as amateur rather than artistic intriguing. All good writers say that you shouldn't write a novel about something you could put in a paragraph and I feel the same about music. Since we were bringing up philo philosophers earlier, Nietzsche and Sartre were at their best when they took philosophies and put them into stories such as Thus Spoke Zarathustra and Nausea so that they would be much more easily understood by the layman. If you truly want to make a change in the world, would you put it in code why why should only some people be able to understand it at the at that point it seems like you have more to prove to yourself than to your audience i don't know how you guys feel about this or what your take is but as far as i know you know what i've read uh robert smith was always trying to you know like steer away from pop like he was always like not being categorized uh, put in a category yeah, yeah, you know, yeah he was just more of let's do this because this is how we feel it should be you know it, we like other record labels that they signed previously they try to put him like in a you know pop boy you know mm -hmm. band mm -hmm. just to like play covers and look pretty on tv and that's it but they were actually mad about that they were refusing those offers and they were um also not happy with that sound of of those previous albums because of their inexperience in studio, you know, yes. so they, some other people would just take control of the mix and they would say, okay, here's your new single and you're going to play it, you know, at your shows and that's it. But they were, they didn't have that control. So I think that's what they were trying to achieve, you know, control and just 
being themselves with their music. And, and, and you know what? I, I definitely agree with you. And something that I know that I've talked to, I believe you about and Megan about, is that whole concept of the camel, lion, and child Nietzsche thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My biggest problem with it is that I feel like it's more like at that lion stage where it's somebody who's trying to be more rebellious against the music industry than it is about truly being themselves. Because it's almost like they're fighting back, being like, no, we don't want to be like these pop artists that you have more than just making the music that naturally comes from you. You like instead you you decide like, no, 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 like if this is what a pop song is, I'm just going to be the furthest thing from that. That also doesn't lend to you just naturally making whatever comes out. You know what I mean? Right. So I guess it's really just a delicate balance of being yourself and not trying to you know come across as too cookie cutter right well and the and my my take on that especially with the original like point of like you know coming from like that more of a philosophical you can't understand me because this is so deep um that to me is something that definitely is kind of an i feel like an issue with a lot of like more self-indulgent artists like we did do a podcast on radiohead and tom york can be so insufferable at times (laughs) and i i kind of i but also awesome yeah exactly again i say this because it's like i also freaking love radiohead they're a huge influence but the the (laughs) thing is is that you know i understand the whole idea of like get out of your own way you know, when you're so wrapped up in the pretense of trying to seem like this is, you just, if you don't like it, it's because you don't get it. But what you were saying with some of these, you know, excellent, you know, philosophers that, you know, we talk about with Nietzsche and Sartre is that they wanted you to get it, though. They wanted you to get their exactly. message. So they tried to put it in so a way. So instead they tried to dumb it down. Yeah. yeah. And they tried to put, they try to make it as digestible as possible. And I, I, res- I can respect that. You know, it's not to say that the music was simple or dumbed down because I don't like the word dumb down because it's it's not it's not dumbed down in fact my opinion of a lot of the cures early stuff is dumbed down it i could make you know i'm probably gonna get shot in the face for this <laughs> but i could i could make four of those albums in an afternoon they they didn't take anything you know it was kind of like i'm jerry and i were talking about this prior to coming onto the podcast just these like kind of rambling portions that there's no like themes there there doesn't seem to be any motifs present there doesn't seem to be any kind of like storytelling or or I, or, or uh, not even storytelling in the conventional sense of like you, you're telling a story with the lyrics, but even thematically, you, you don't really see where the song goes. There's no, there's like, there's no plot, you know, more or less. There's no bridge from one song to the next. Isn't that true? Right. Like as a totality, as an album even in and of itself, it can sound kind of even redundant and repetitive, but it feels like it, it doesn't feel like it goes somewhere. It doesn't feel like, I feel like an album, but again, this could be just an artistic perspective, should say something and it should be kind of a package in and of itself. It should discuss certain things and go places and have an arc of its own, right? I feel like that is is something that is masterfully done when it is done well, you know? Oh, yeah. I was going to say, and Lee actually has made a really good point where he says Robert was okay with being pop because he would come across with his image and vision. He wanted to use the mainstream to get his point across. And you're yeah, right, Lee, yeah. but he, he was after that pornography album, yes. after he went through his detox of drugs and drinking, and he made that Let's Go to Bed song. That's when he decided, hey, I'm cool with doing these pop songs because whatever is the medium that gets my message across, it's true. But it also took him you know, that whole growing period to realize 
and again, like, you know, to mature and realize what it really was to need to get your message across. So, like, I, I totally agree with you. It's just that I think that it, it just took him a little bit. Like, it takes everybody a little bit. Yeah. Uh, um, the other thing about pornography, I know you asked about the label. That was actually released in a uh, and m Records here in the U.S. Oh, okay. So that was a different label. Um, uh, in the U.K., it was Fiction. Uh, record label right okay yeah. so that was the first record label was the one that got the their contract was dissolved because of the song that they didn't want to release killing an era yeah yeah so they they switch and and found this other guy chris perry i think that's his that, that's the name of the owner of fiction uh the record label i think so and um they were working for with them uh, for many many years and they released like four or five albums with yeah. their singles and they they had like really good success with them with fiction yeah yeah definitely i was gonna say uh sean has made a really good comment too and this is this is why i love doing this podcast sean says i feel like what you're explaining is one of my favorite parts about music's he's about their first and second albums naive music is so pure so Again, I love when, that. when we when we do these podcasts, these are not lecturing podcasts. These yeah. are just us like Musings. musing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And thinking like, this is my idea. This is your idea. We honestly love to hear other people's ideas because it's cool to hear that Sean says that. Yeah. To me, like I never took it that way. I would take it as like, oh, like that's just them like fucking around trying to figure out how it, how they should be until they get good. You know what I mean? And he sees it as them naturally just coming out with whatever they would. Kind of like, you know, Absolutely. like a little kid might make a painting and they're not good at painting. Painting, but they're like, this is what I see. <laughs> and they're like, Actually, you know what? I see it that way. Yeah. As far as uh, the yeah. first one, they were just putting out whatever what they wanted, what they were doing. Yeah. And they put out what felt right for them. Oh. And it might have yeah. not had like the theme. It might have not uh, have the regular structure as like everything else that was going around. Mm -hmm. But they put it out. Yeah. <laughs> they got to put it out. And it was That's their true. own thing. Exactly. It was That's like true. at their own pace, their own beat up their own drum the whole style yeah. exactly yeah yeah, yeah that's the great thing about doing you know pod, this podcast live that we wanted to bring it onto this medium is because it is excellent to hear your guys's takes on stuff because hey you know that's what music is it's art art is expression art is the ability yep. of the audience to digest and and actually you know turn that inwards uh, and and feel something and be inspired as well you know art in my opinion well not my opinion but a lot of people's opinion it, it is it is necessary for the audience to be a part of it for art to you know have have its full cycle and at least that's the that's like the mantra that i've lived by is that art is only as good as the audience that can engage with it and yeah. even if that's one person if it's a thousand people you know on whatever level that to me is how i feel like for me my art is truly comes to its its head is when you know you put it out there and then the audience takes it on with their mind, their experiences, who they are as, as their own unique individual, digests it, and then puts it almost like the, the results back at you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's the beautiful thing about art. But I mean, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. I, that's... Yeah, that was a really good point, Sean. Yes, long story well, short. And that's what I was going to say is that like none of like us talking about this is us wanting to be right. Like at least for I can speak for me and Megan and you guys can chime in on this in a second. We don't believe in a right. Like I, I don't believe that there exists to be a right. You're like, wrong. In the world about anything. Yeah, You're wrong about that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like like even like as far as like politics and stuff go, like I don't I don't believe that there is a right and a wrong. I believe that there is a, a maybe a 
proper right for what's happening right now, but it is not a permanent right. You know what? I always think of it as being subjective. Like That's people, what I'm saying, people yeah. People always tell you, like, oh, music is subjective. Oh, art is subjective. Well, politics is subjective. Yes, exactly. Um, I don't know. Friggin Anything. Science is subjective. <laughs> whatever, yeah. whatever it could be. If you live by that, you'll be a happier person. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, because yeah. the, the more you get tied into dogmatic your own, thinking, yes, your dogmatic, heartfelt beliefs that you, when you begin to self-identify by your beliefs, that's when you're going to start to be a very upset person because <laughs> the world doesn't stay the same. And if you concretely are like, I am Scott, I wake up, I am right. this well, guy yeah. who is like a fireman <laughs> and then I drink only Pepsi. And like, you know what right. I mean? Like, <laughs> Great. <laughs> just like holding to these like right. hard, rigid standards. Yeah, exactly. It just doesn't really make any sense. Like I was going to say, but moving. <laughs> yes, well, we, we, <laughs> yeah. we will move forward. But I wanted to say that Jose says, Megan Rice, I have a question. Do you have any advice for a fellow vocalist? We will answer all questions at the end of this. Yeah. So anybody who wants to stick around, we just need to get through the, this the part about the cure, the music part. But we love to hear any questions that anybody has we'll, as soon as we're done with the regular part. So definitely, we'll, we will 100% get to that. Yeah, with that one, just keep in mind, uh, this. Uh, we are going to try to put this together as a podcast, so the questions, we'll answer them later. Uh, but we are going to be, I guess, piecing it together. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. try that yeah. so. <laughs> so that I can keep it on uh, for you know ongoing uh, on YouTube and all iTunes and where our podcast lives. I want to try to keep this one, you know, even though it's live. I want to edit it for, for later. <laughs> so this would be episode 14, and we just released... What, well, we released, we released 12, and then 12. 13 is Pearl Jam, and that's yeah. a pre-recorded podcast. All right, so moving right along. Cool, yeah. So the next two albums, The Head on the Door and Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me, was The Cure actually beginning to go into that whole pop direction. And as I always say, I can't say that I hate it, because <laughs> I love it. Okay. <laughs> What's wild to me is how these songs In Between Days, Why Can't I Be You and Just Like Heaven are so different in style but still all manage to sound like The Cure but put together in the most direct and fo focused way yet. So like I can give you an example. Here is In Between Days and I'll skip kind of like into the song so we can... As everybody can tell, it's like an obnoxiously long intro. I don't know any song nowadays that has an over 30 second long intro. <laughs> Attention spans aren't that... Oh no, not at all, yeah. That won't work now. <laughs> the next is Why Can't I Be You, just so you guys can see like the difference in the sounds on the same album. This is one of my favorite ones. Megan freaking hates it. It hates me. That's really what it is. It really just hates me. I actually like this one more than the other one. Yeah. Sound, yeah. And you thought you didn't like the cure. You gave it away. I think it's those horns. <laughs> I can't deal with the horns, guys. Alright, and then everybody knows just like Kevin, so. Yeah. yeah. I like that drum feel at the beginning. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. The way it starts. So good. Yeah, the way it comes this in. This album has like more uh, crispy sound, you know? Like, oh, yeah. it sounds so much better. Yeah, definitely. Brian Hernandez says it's pop soft metal. It's like, God damn it, that's like us, except we're like pop yacht rock. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, so we're killing this. Um, 
that's just to, to really give you guys a, a good example of how poppy they had gone before, like from like the stuff that had happened earlier. Um, after that, they released Disintegration. And I want to tell a fun story about Disintegration. When I was in high school, there was a goth girl, and her name was Kathy. She was super cool. She loved the Smashing Pumpkins, Susie and the Banshees, the Smiths, and of course, The Cure. At the time, I wasn't super familiar with everything by The Cure. I knew I liked a few songs by them, so one day, I was talking with her about it. She said it was cool that I liked those songs because everyone who says they like The Cure just likes Disintegration, and that's it. At the time, I had no idea what she was talking about. But of course, I just played along like, oh, yeah, I know, right? Like, everybody gets that. <laughs> Not wanting to feel like the loser who didn't get it. But I think the one thing I miss about the 90s and music time periods like that was the sense of ownership people like Kathy had over their bands. Like how you feel like you really needed to know a lot about an artist to be able to say that you were a fan. Yeah. Yeah. People would call you a poser if you only knew one song and then claimed you liked a band. Sure. Nowadays, there's no criteria. The kids are just like, I love Imagine Dragons because they had that one song in Despicable Me 6. People don't seem to truly get into their music anymore. Like another thing that seems to be sad about the decline of rock, the hip-hop world in today's pop culture makes music more about your success than your failures. Yes. And that seems so backwards because things that seem to affect us are the things that hurt us the most. People feel loss much stronger than gain. The Rolling Stones would sing about how they can't get satisfaction and we're losers. Led Zeppelin had songs like Hey, Hey, What Can I Do about their ladies' running around on them. Now, every single song about an artist has is about money and bitches and how they're better than you. Today's stars want you to look up to them, not identify with them. Yeah. And that's so freaking true. Like, think about it. Think about all the stuff, especially like, you know, your top, your top 20. It's all about, look how much money I have, the cars, like the jewelry, I've, you know, all this stuff. That was not the popular, you know what I mean? That was not the, the, the opinion back in the day. Other artists, like you said, wanted to sing about their struggles. And yeah, now, so you can yeah. connect with people, not have them look up to you because you're so awesome. Or not even yeah. look up to you. It's it's more it's like, like Molly a, Crew with girls, girls, girls. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but they're but like so the ultimate though, yeah. like, pop glam yeah. rock thing. But yeah. I, you know, I don't even think that they even want. It's like I they want you to feel like peasants nowadays. It, yeah. it seems like that that the the idea of of these like entertainers. In, in the industry, especially like the super, you know, pushed mainstream, which is like uh, all of it now, it, it, it's more about having you like you kind of, you know, worship at them and, and think I could never be and I'm not as yeah. good as, which is like so trite and ugh, I can't handle it. Well, it's a point. Isn't like sharing your art about connecting with people? Mm -hmm. Right. It's like you can never understand how rich I am. It's like, what? <laughs> strange song to, like, yeah. <laughs> it's just that whole concept of when they say, like, they come in and we're like, I'm kind of a big deal. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like, come oh, on. Dude. Get you're like, you're not if you have to tell me you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Talk about not relatable. Yeah. Back in the day, I, I don't know. I think it was like a different culture, you know, with bands. Like, even music. Yeah. yeah. Like, there were like groups of people that were just listening to like let's say nirvana and other people wouldn't like get along with that you know yeah. because yeah. they were like different like yeah. they you know listen to different bands like disco or i don't know like electronic music right, what you're saying like, like even that. the people who would have been into more glam rock type of bands hated the grunge people right and, right right even though it was all still rock yeah. yeah and nowadays since you know technology everything is at hand you know at the hand 
and I don't think that doesn't exist anymore. It's just like you he, you listen to whatever it's on the radio and you're fine with that. You know, it's like more homogenous. It's more all the same. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, right now, I think it's uh, whatever's trending is what you better be listening to. Yeah, because that's just, that's all it is. There's no. Um, like you said, there's no people are not committing to their music anymore. They're not Agreed. like listening because that's not what that's what they like, really, yeah. really like. They're just listening to it because of what they see all around them, like social media. And like whatever, you said, maybe, almost a feeling stuff. that I I'm too I'm dumb if I don't know that song. It's more like a left out culture. Yeah. Like I don't want to seem uncool for not knowing, you know, exactly. that specific, you know, rap lyric or whatever. Yeah, and, or, or the artist. You know how many times yeah. like. Uh, I mean, um, at home, is the my daughter? She puts on like a song, and I'm like, well, "Who's this again?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no clue who, oh, God, the, yeah. who it is, but it's it's just it's out there because that's yeah. what's being pushed, and it's just being put out there. I just don't see. They listen to it because a, it's there, not because that's something that they go seek out themselves. Yeah, it's I not totally something agree. that they they feel emotionally attached to. They don't they don't listen to it because of that. They just listen to it because that's what oh so and so is listening to right. it, and because they saw it on TikTok or well, they I've, saw it on TikTok. TikTok. I say, I've discovered yeah. an interesting phenomenon too that. We, we're always going to be completely transparent with you guys. Like, there, there's no mystique. We're not going to, like, you know, hide behind the curtain and then be like, oh, yeah, we just, this all accidentally happened. Like, as you guys know, most of you found us through a Facebook ad. So, like, you'd see a music video that we put out on a Facebook ad. And one thing I found from running those Facebook ads is I would take bands that sounded nothing like us, but they're new nowadays. And I refer to it as the hot topic rock group that I would send it as a marketing audience. So I send the Facebook ads out to the audience that's Hot Topic Rock, which would be bands like Asking Alexandria and Taking Back Sunday and um, A Day to Remember, like things that I, I don't even listen to that don't sound like us. What I think is sad is, is that those are some of the best um, best reacting groups to our ads because it's just people who want to listen to rock music now yeah. and it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter that they sound like that. There's just nothing else. Well, that's what you're saying, right? What, what's sad about it? It's not... Not it's, that the, ba the bands are sad. I'm saying yeah. what's sad is that like they, they, don't, they only have like a certain sound. Right. They only get this. It's whatever is given to them by a record label or whatever and there's no real other options or at least they're never going to hear about them. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, like you said, they're just so... they're they're trying so hard to find rock music right now that they're willing to you know it's like this doesn't even sound like something i normally would listen to but it's at least rock music yeah that's uh um well i can attest to that yeah. i um i taking back sunday and all that stuff i love that kind of stuff that's yeah, what there's i nothing, there's nothing wrong with I, that yeah I, I always play for that and that was part of the reason why when um i reached out to you guys is because I listened to it and I didn't compare it to like, oh, this is like Taking Back Sunday or Thrice or um, whatever other bands out there that are within that genre. I just gravitate to it. And yeah. I think that's what we're hitting right now. We're, we're hitting the people that are gravitating towards that kind of music, even though it's not the same. It's still it's good. It's like, good. Like, yeah, I, exactly. I like that it's diverse. Like, so right. it, yeah. it shows that everybody's making music individually for themselves and reflecting themselves. Like, why yeah. would I wouldn't want us to sound like Taking Back Sunday because I want Taking Back Sunday to be making music that reflects themselves, just exactly. like us to be making music that reflects ourselves. Yeah, it just I just don't want genres that are like, oh, everybody gets to sound like this band and that's how you operate. It's like no, because everybody doesn't feel the same. 
Yeah. yeah. It's so cool. Like, I always look and smile because you guys' comments are so nice. And then you'll see, like, floods of hearts. I'm like, oh, what did we just say? Because there's a little bit of a lag. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just, like, cool. Like, <laughs> I, I love it. I love that we're we're doing this live. I, I hope you guys like this format. If you guys do, uh, we're going to go ahead and, like, try to push it and actually use, you know, <laughs> an ad in a, in a, you know, set time so that you guys can prepare to watch for it. We did this really impromptu because we didn't know how it would turn out. Yeah, we were thinking about just... Um, every other week live streaming the podcast and then the other weeks in between we just live stream a performance type of thing yeah so if you guys like that let us know in the comments but yeah, yeah the other one we could actually start preparing ahead of time and people can actually have like little tidbits for us yes Maybe oh, definitely yeah we have a little segment of like all yeah. right let's find the like the hardest little fact about whatever band or artist absolutely or yeah. it will give advance obviously advance notice so that you guys are prepared for yeah. that too for sure <laughs> right on that's awesome Okay, so, all right, Disintegration, since we, you know, kind of got off a topic, is a killer album, though. Um, that truly manages to match Robert Smith's darkness with his penchant for writing devastating hooks. Hooks that can suck you in even when the subject matter is of longing and hopelessness and will catch you not even thinking about what you're singing along to. That, like, that's what I think is so funny is that people, when the song is that good, like, will sing words that are just like, oh, like, that's actually kind of like, I didn't even realize I was singing. That's kind of like dark. But at the same time, like, he has such a good way of writing his songs that there's all these, like, hooks in the bass and hooks in the guitar that you just get into it and you kind of forget what the subject matter is about. And that's, to me, I feel like that's, that's the perfect way to do what we wish we could do. Because, like we said, when... It's like itching my ears too. We're, we're technically like yeah. super, super dark inside, but then always trying to cover it up with like, you know, being happy on the outside. So it's like, how cool is it to be able to write a song that feels like happy on the outside, but as you uncover it, there's more and more layers. And I yeah. feel like he does a really good job at doing that. Um, I'm going to show you guys a couple songs of Disintegration. I mean, it seems like people like Lee and Brian, at least for sure. And then John, like they will all know these songs, but some of you might not. So I will shoot you guys a couple of those as well. This is Disintegration? Yes, yes. we're on to Disintegration. This is like one of the most popular albums. Um, this this is... song is a song everybody's gonna freaking know. So we're going back in, we're going into like the late 80s, early 90s, right? Yep. Yes, this is 89. This is a love song, obviously. Yeah. So there's also pictures of you on this album, you know, Lullaby, so that they have like a frame of reference yeah. for what the whole album is. Pictures of you is killer as well. Another song that has a uh, insanely long intro. I think it's like a minute and a half of just nothing before words. <laughs> Yeah, see, we're at a minute 42 that I just skipped you now. It's just it's the same good. thing that's been going on <laughs> for a minute and 40 seconds. But Fascination Street. And then, Fascination Street. It's like actually like, I have a song that's going to be on one of our new EPs that I kind of model off of this. This is one of my favorite, this is one of my favorite all-time songs, period. The bass, man, it's just so like, in your face, like aggressive. Oh, so good. Growling. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. It's a tone. Like, it's yeah, it's aggressive, but it's tone. Excellent. Excellent. But yeah. Now, the next song I'm going to play is awesome, but. 
I had always believed because people had told me it was like a kind of an urban myth that it was about his dad molesting him. If anybody thinks that, I found out through further research that it's not true. So, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I know, but just saying that it's not because I've fact checked this a whole bunch and it's just not. But the song is so freaking dope. The song is lullaby, so because you guys can't see. When the bass comes in oh. and the drums, it's just yeah. like, like, how do you get that sound to be so freaking thick? Yeah. Which, like I said, goes back to kind of what we were talking about in the beginning, the difference in the production, you know, so dirty. Yeah. Oh. from the earlier albums. It's just night and day. Like you said, it's like simple. It's There's nothing like, going on. It but doesn't perfect. ask for anything yep. else. It's just there, you know. Okay, Megan's making me turn it off because she doesn't want the Facebook police to bust us. It's going to just turn our whole podcast off and then we're all screwed, so. Okay, well, this is these are Disintegration Era songs. After that, they kind of lose me. They're, they did songs that everybody knows, like Friday I'm in Love, and one that I still do like, though, called Letters to Elise, is on the next album as well. But after that, I just, there's not much... <laughs> so Anthony, who used to play bass with us, my cousin, just said, Oh, I thought you meant Friday I'm in Love was about his dad molesting him on a Friday. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Talk about getting dark. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But yes, so Letters to Elise is good. It's another song that came out right after this. But after that, there's just really not much that stood out to me. Um, and I would love if anybody else that's listening right now would actually shoot me songs that are post-disintegration disintegration era songs that are good, because I really want to know. I want to know what you guys think. Were they inducted into the Hall of Fame? I don't know. Yes, last year. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Last year, John. It's like, and it, the, the funny part is about the they, though. It's like, at this point, it's really just Robert Smith. And maybe I was like, ask, <laughs> yeah. who, who do they uh, induct, though? Because they're very specific when they do wow. that. Yeah. That's I mean, I would hope like that kiss. the original bass player, <laughs> oh, Simon Gallup. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everybody knows that debacle. Oh, right? No. <laughs> yeah. So the original bass player? I would hope. I, I really don't know myself. I didn't. Oh, okay. I actually didn't know I'm that they were inducted. Right it's on YouTube, but yeah. Okay. Like, I saw like bunch of uh, bunch of people behind Robert Smith and like oh yeah that guy was the first drummer <laughs> oh that guy that was the you know yeah, bass exactly but that's uh, cool I'm gonna start wearing my makeup like Robert Smith that's just awesome like, you should. and then just tease your hair oh god mm -hmm. yeah hot mess it's how I look normally if you guys are on my if you guys are on my personal Facebook page <laughs> <Is> that, <laughs> that Jerry knows I post retarded selfies constantly so um, yeah with the hair going every direction because that's me ninety percent of the time. That hair that you had with the uh, husky shirt, double chin, and the thing. double chin. Yeah, yeah, I tried to do the double chin. And yeah, it didn't Jerry work. was too pretty to do the double chin. No, Everybody it's not else. pretty. I just this was hiding it, <laughs> so it just looked like a really bad angle shot. I just, I was telling Megan, like, I thought that that should be our next band photo. <laughs> it's like I was just doing that. Face. All double, all double chins. Okay, so. Now that I'm done talking about the songs and the albums that I like, like I said, because I just I just was not able to get into anything after that. It, it's fine. It's just it's not anything that's that like you know at least formative for me. There is 
like I spoke about earlier, some really cool Robert Smith quotes that I would like to read to you, and then we can commentate on, and you can commentate on yourself. Oh, I can. So the first one is, I'd rather spend my time looking at the sky than listening to Whitney Houston. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. So this is just we're talk, well, we're just going to discuss this. Th- yes, okay. exactly. For me, this is where I differ. I love listening to Whitney Houston, and I'll tell you why. It's the same reason why I love listening to Katy Perry and Kesha and Pink. It does. It's because it does. <laughs> you have to think about it like this. I am not considering that music music like the music that I make. Okay? It's like sometimes you eat candy, but you don't expect that to keep you healthy. You, you kind of see what I'm saying? Mm. Like you can indulge in something just because you're like, oh, I just don't want to think about anything right now. It's just fun <laughs> and stupid, and I feel like being an idiot, and like that's cool. You know what I mean? But I, I really don't get why some people have to cut other people's things down. Yes. Like saying like that. Like I get it, Robert Smith. Like you know, you're broody and you're all like, oh, like dark. You're dead and inside. Yeah, exactly. But. There's no times where you just feel like listening to nothing. Wanna, like you, you're you every single thing you listen to, it's like you just constantly want to be reading and like getting more information and like you, it just to me it just seems like like how could you enjoy living a life where you're just constantly brooding? Like mm-hmm. I just I don't I never get that. Like sometimes you just want to dance to blurred lines from Robin Thicke. Exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you want to feel the heat with somebody. Well, it's like it, like yeah. as Megan knows, like I will be as dark or broody as freaking anybody else, but it's just like. I just I can't do it all the time. Like you would just feel like you'd suck yourself into a hole. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just stay there and stay depressed. It just doesn't seem like a good thing for anybody. No, right. It's kind of like a balance, right? You got to find that spot. Like, oh, oh yeah, man. it's like too dark, too light. Yeah, it depends on how you see it. That's like the whole concept of the yin and the yang. Yes, yeah. yeah. I still go back and listen to like the little punk bands I used to listen to when I was yes. in high school and yeah. it's all like about like hanging out with friends and stuff and like yes. going skateboarding going to the beach there's yeah. a place on ocean well, and like you said it just like and that is just for fun just because it's like nostalgia or whatever but it's not yeah it does it's and food for the soul or something it it brings a smile to my face and it yes. just makes me happy and that works for me so I'm yeah I'm gonna listen to it every once in a while and that brings up an excellent point because I feel like a lot of the times too I'm always posting just like kind of fun random thoughts and and I I genuinely enjoy like four songs from savage garden so much so (laughs) that i just it makes me just think i love savage garden even though it's probably just four songs (laughs) and i recently was you know posting about my love for them online and and i feel like a lot of the times i'll get like a lot of dms and and things like that where people are are trying to suggest that like i need to like listen to good music or or that i don't know what good music is and that like oh but once i show her she's gonna she's her (laughs) eyes are gonna be open like i'm some fucking idiot and and it just that cracks me up because it's like you know I spend a lot of time writing music and listening to all kinds of music and i've spent i've spend a lot of time reading a lot of you know literature that is very dark and nihilistic and and I like to get to the I like to to read about suffering because I think suffering is a very important um part of the human experience and I feel like it it inspires me to write as dark and and sad as that might sound so I want to listen to freaking Savage Garden occasionally because it's fun and it's awesome and it's produced like a freaking shiny you know beautiful star in the sky it just it it gets 
it gets to me. Like Jerry said, it makes me happy. So I don't want to hear that if I'm happy about Savage Garden, that it's because I don't know what the, you know, who the Beatles are. I know who the fucking Beatles are. I just don't want to listen to the Beatles right now. So, yeah. But I like, I like that concept that you said about, like, it's kind of like a food, like music is kind of food, you know, like, it does, you know, it does effect you know it has an effect on you like doesn't matter if you listen to a song that you don't normally listen to like pop let's yeah. say. but you just like listen to it and it kind of like makes you feel happy you know it's just kind of like food like okay i'm gonna have maybe him hamburger or something we know that is probably not that healthy but it's good you know yeah. it's gonna make you happy for that moment and it's just that. I like it. And you know that that's not what is going to be your normal everyday thing. Right. But for today, it works. It's yeah. kind of like me and metal music. I like metal a lot, but I can't possibly fathom the idea of listening to metal nonstop as the only thing that I listen to all the time because I'm just <laughs> not in that mood all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I love playing the guitar riffs. I love just, like I said, like just rocking out when I'm in the mood. But like, I, I never get how people are like, all I listen to is metal. Yeah. It's like, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to go as far as I want to go with this, but it's like, I, are you just that one dimensional? You right, know what I mean? Right, like, right, right, yeah. that's, that's all that there is to you is just this one thing. I don't know. It's not my thing. It's one genre for sure. What's the next one? It is. The next quote is, I had no desire to be famous. I just wanted to make the greatest music ever made. I didn't want to. I didn't want anyone to know who I was. Hmm. So anybody, who, you can speak first. Definitely yeah. go for it. No, no, no. I think this brings back the you know quote about him not wanting to be a pop in a pop band. Yeah. You know? He was just trying to do his own thing, you know, and he didn't want to be famous. So this is pure like he's speaking right there you know yeah so um i don't know yeah it's hard to tell when you start off i mean yeah you can play music and you can say like oh i'm just doing it for the music and i just want to put it out there but in somewhere in the back of your head yeah somewhere it's gonna be deep down inside that's going to tell you you know what some of it's going to come with it you know it might be um like super huge but yeah you're, you're going to go somewhere people are going to recognize you no matter what oh yeah. yeah so like for somebody to say something like that especially that's like a musician yeah it's like come on dude yep. yeah you kind of uh, know it goes with the territory yeah you got to know where you're getting yourself into especially if there's so many out there beforehand you know yeah. it'd be different if nobody really did it before and it's something that they're like barely getting into then i'll take that quote but uh that quote right now to me is like yeah. whatever dude <laughs> well, well, and that, that's kind of my thing is that it's like even if i i feel like there could be a dichotomy to the quote he might not want to be famous like the way that he sees like say like you know madonna or somebody okay but he might want to be recognized for his ideas the same way like say a philosopher is like it, notoriety notoriety in writing books and stuff yeah like he might not want to be like oh like i'm the pop star that's up on the tv dancing around doing the thing but he does want some credit 
Right. Like, like, let's be yeah. real. He wants people to be like, oh, that was that guy and he had that idea and it influenced me or whatever. Yeah. He, he might not want to be famous in the sense that he's not Mr. Rogers. You know what I mean? But <laughs> like he does want some sort of notoriety for sure because there, you would just play yeah. it at your local bar or whatever and never do anything else. And if people approached you, you would say, no, 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 that's, you know, I, I just, I'm happy doing this. You know what I mean? Not Maybe. even playing that at a local bar. If you don't want to be famous and you're writing stuff, then just play it in your room. Exactly. I agree. No, nobody else has to hear it. Yeah. If you don't want to be famous, <laughs> type thing. Interesting. The next one is, I've always spent more time with a smile on my face than not, but the thing is, I don't write about it. Yes. I love that one. That yeah. one, to me, is exactly how I feel all the time. Yeah. And I think that the one quote, like from just things that I think are, it, like, let's just say you're gambling. Losing $100 always seems way worse than winning a hundred dollars do you know what i'm saying like <laughs> yeah. like if you if you needed the hundred bucks yeah like you'd be like cool i want a hundred bucks like fun and you'd probably honestly waste it no you're saying that like the the losing the hundred dollars is a greater suffering than the winning of the hundred like the joy that comes with winning the hundred exactly yeah, yeah. and that's why he says i've always spent more time with a smile on my face but the thing is i don't write about it right the idea is people write about the things that really make them feel something when you're happy you're happy so you don't you're not really feeling anything that's causing a problem so you're not motivated right yeah yeah there's not like as the marketing term refers to it the pressure point or pain point. Yeah. You're not you're not really motivated by something due to a discomfort that you're trying to alleviate. So therefore there might be more yeah, You don't need to fix happiness. Yeah, exactly. And and music might be for some people like a therapeutic thing where they are using that to kind of move through an emotion or to get an emotion out and work past it i can see that i'm kind of like thinking about it out loud as, I, as i'm you know thinking about the quote but <laughs> totally yes i think he was like a really sensible human being too like really like i don't know like smooth you know and happy and yeah but yeah. his look you know kind of like make him make him look like you know like he was almost suicidal or it's something scary, like that. yeah, yeah. But inside, maybe he would, you know, he had feelings. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. He might not have had maybe. any. He might have just been a scarecrow full of hay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> An MK Ultra scarecrow. <laughs> What's the next like, one? Like, John, I, I can't, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right, but John Serge Perrant or Parent? Like you can actually correct me if you want, but you say you remember more sadness than happiness. No. And I agree. I yeah. actually a hundred percent agree because I feel like I mostly try to stay happy all the time and you don't remember any of that. You really remember the things that feel like they hurt you and damaged you. Mm -hmm. so and, that's, and that's saying a lot because as I'm sure you'll get to know us as you guys hang out, you know, with us and, and all that, Scott is an extremely positive person. He might look scary, but if he does, I think he kind of <laughs> But he's extremely positive, and that is much m not me. <laughs> much not me. I am definitely like more going to be the type of person that is, is easily trapped into kind of these like negative thought patterns. So for Scott to say that, it, it, it must really impact you because honestly, like he's one of the most positive people I know. And if he's saying he can't get over negative things as opposed to positive them, positive things, then yeah, that's definitely... For real. 
All right. His next quote is, I honestly don't classify myself as a songwriter. I've got musician written on my passport. That's even funnier. I love this as well because something that I've talked to Roy about a lot is when it comes to our music, I don't really feel like I write songs or work on music to be a musician. Yeah. It's more like I want to live my life the way I want to live my life and then tell the story of it through the music as opposed to so many people you hear like, oh, I live for music. Music is my thing. And like, I'll die for music. It's like, if I could paint really well, I'd probably do that instead to reflect what I'm trying to reflect. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just that music has always been the thing that I felt the most attached to and the best way to like express myself. Yeah, the exactly. Medium. So to me, yeah, just like, I, I mean, just... I relate in that, like when people ask me about, so oh, we got a big comment, but I'll, I'll hold off. That's Kelly Barker. Um, one of the things that I think I, I definitely relate to this is that when people ask me like, oh, like how long have you been a singer or, or do you, did you always want to be a singer? Um, no, uh, I didn't. It wasn't until Scott and I actually thought we wanted to write music together because um, I, I was really into music for the longest time. And in school, I even took recording and mixing courses. And, and I was really heavily invested in what Scott was doing with some of his other projects and never once thought, it was going to be me playing the instrument or, or God forbid, doing the vocals. And so it wasn't until, you know, we kind of ended up in this situation where he's like, you should honestly just try to be the singer. And, you know, I worked on it and, you know, had a vocal coach, et cetera, et cetera. But I 100% agree. I much, I much more see myself as somebody who is a musician for the sake of putting the music out there and that I just so happen that that's the instrument I play. Just yep. like, it, oops, here, that's what I get to do. <laughs> <laughs> you want yeah. to? Oh, no, yeah. it's okay. You can go. Oh, I, I do like to explore, you know, uh, my craft. Like, I play drums, obviously. I don't know if you guys know that. <laughs> but, like... Roy <laughs> <laughs> um, is the drummer. Yeah, thank you. Uh, just to like explore and and my mentality is just like if I can play it better, uh, if I can just play what it's in my head, you know, yeah. I don't really care if it's gonna be on a on a song maybe someday or not, but just for the ability and just for the sake of like learning something new, that's that's where I come from. And just recently, uh, I borrowed a, a acoustic guitar from Scott. I'm just working on guitar now because I want to know about notes. I want to, you know, be yes. part of the writing, you know, um, process. And um, learning that is going to, you know, help me with, you know, more musical terms and, and just, you know, contribute a little bit more to the band. So um, to me, it's just like I really wish you know I could just do it full time. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't really care about like. I don't get much into how much I'm gonna make. You know. Yeah. Just just give me the opportunity of do it all the time. Yeah, all day. exactly. To be I don't care. You know. Just be able to support yourself doing that for right. sure. Yeah, yeah. Like in my room, I have the. Uh, the uh, practice drum kit next to my bed because yeah. that's what I do. I just wake up and go practice. I'm, I'm just that guy. That's awesome. But, um, you know, Robert Smith with his quote, it, I think I read something about he was doing a double duty during the tour that they were um, with the Banshees. 
Mm -hmm. You know that band? Sweezing and the Banshees? Yeah. yeah. So they were uh, the support band for their tour, okay? And their guitar player quit. Um, and Robert Smith had to fill in. So he was playing with them uh, during the day. And he was he was playing the, with the Cure during the day, and he was playing with the other band at night. So he was just constantly playing and constantly, you know, being uh, inspired. He he also said like, okay, you know, when I play with those guys, they made me realize, you know, they made me feel and made me kind of hear the music in a different way. So that's you know, he was a musician, yeah, like yeah, a full time sense. dedicated musician. So. That's my take on that. Yeah. You know, I, I really like music. I don't really get much into the business side of it, you know. But um, as long as I have the time, you know, and the the place to do it, I will do it no matter what. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah, uh, that quote uh, strikes a chord. I mean, there's a lot of things that uh, I mean, as far as myself goes. So like I don't classify myself on a lot of the things that I like to do. Um, I learned how to weld so I can fabricate stuff for my motorcycle. Yeah, I'm not a welder. I don't I say I'm a welder. Yeah, yeah. So there's that. Um, as far as like playing music, I play music. I started out playing the guitar. What do I play with bands all the time? I play the bass. Yeah. So am I a bassist or am I a guitarist? Yeah. Play music. I, I, I just play yeah. music. Yeah. Yeah, I put it together. I used to play drums, too, back in the day. Um, I recorded in the drums. Um, I record music for other people. I put it in, but that's, that's not just the one thing I do. Yeah. It's just do whatever it is, and you don't have to bind yourself down to, like, one label. Well, and just even needing to identify yourself as something. Yeah, I mean, I like it, yeah. If, if you know me, you know the things I like to do and the things that I can do. It's uh, I do things around the house i don't know like uh coffee tables and stuff like that i'm not a carpenter yeah. <laughs> either but whatever i find i do I well that could be a, an entire things. other episode oh, I know. just getting into the fact that so many people fix who they are on a singular definition yes. of who they are yeah. and that's just so wrong you know what i mean like just you're kind of cutting yourself short. Yeah. yeah, and I think you kind of limit yourself, too, in that aspect, because then you start thinking, like, oh, well, I'm a guitar player. And so well, I'm not going to touch the bass. Yeah. I'm not going to touch the drums. I'm not going to touch a, a, a console to record somebody. I'm not going to think of anything else, right? Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, you might have, like, a niche in something else. But you're just not exploring it because exactly. now you're considering yourself just a guitar player. And then if you were to lose that for some reason, sometimes a lot Where of people, yeah, people yeah. then get very upset because it's like my identity is so wrapped up in my one thing. I'm a guitarist. And if somehow, God forbid, you lose your hand or paralysis or something like that, then you're like, who am I? You know, yeah. or so fibromyalgia. No, <laughs> you stop that. We're not going to talk about your crazy, weird obsession with thinking you have fibromyalgia. That's a whole nother podcast. That's a whole nother podcast. Anyway, next quote. Because I like this. Oh, yeah. No, this is, this is the quote Megan's been waiting for. Uh -huh. I never liked Queen. I can honestly say I hated Queen and everything they did. So we'll let Megan start. Yeah, um, I never liked Queen. And I can honestly say I've hated Queen and, <laughs> and everything that they've done. Um, no, I, uh, I genuinely dislike Queen. I don't believe that it makes any sense for me to, because why, 
you know, they, <laughs> they, they do everything well, you know, Freddie Mercury sang beautifully. Um, I think it's campy in a way that is unforgivable. <laughs> and I don't want to ride your bicycle. And I don't, I don't want to do any of the things. I know I, Bohemian Rhapsody makes me want to throw my head through a plane of glass. Like, I just don't like Queen. So there it is. <laughs> I'm I'm fine with Queen. I don't really have any Queen issues. I, it's they're not my favorite band, but they're also not my not favorite band. <laughs> like Queen is just right there in the middle with me. Like they're just they're cool. They're whatever. I have no Queen hatred, but apparently Robert Smith and Megan share that same hatred. <laughs> well, I I like Queen. Um, Damn it. And. I didn't really have like. They have a cool bass player, so. Yeah, I I didn't really like listen too much of the Cure, but uh, this quote solidifies what I think of the Cure. Oh! <laughs> Nail in the coffin. Yeah, there it is. There it is, Roy. Any take? I, I mean, I'm just like Scott. I'm fine with Queen. You know, I there is not my favorite band and I it's not the one that I listen to all the time. But I mean, there's so many things we can learn from them too, so I'm fine with that. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> all right. Sean, Sean says I like Queen, but I also don't want to write don't his bicycle. Write. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, what is this podcast? The, the, next, have a seat. the next quote is, I think at heart, unless you discover faith in something else, this is, this is more of like a gets you in the feels one. Oh, no. I think oh, at no. heart, unless you discover faith in something else, something other, it's hard to shake the thing that you are adrift alone. Oh. And I agree. I'm going to allow myself to speak first on this one. Well, you've been speaking... All night, so yeah, I had to because I had to write it. So, <laughs> besides that, so this is actually why I love to play music is because I feel like most of the time I always feel alone, like outside of like Megan and you know, you guys. It's it's very hard to find people that I feel like think like me. So, being able to play music, play our songs, and have them out there in the world and find the people who identify with them yeah, yeah. actually makes me feel like I'm finding real friends because clearly if you guys identify with the songs, then you identify with me no. and I don't find people that identify with me on a regular basis. You know what I mean? Most of the time I feel like I am very alone, like in a world where everybody else just is like, like we said, like likes Drake and likes Cardi B and like things that like you really don't understand. And I mean, that there is a whole person that goes along with that. This yeah. isn't just like, oh, I like this music. It's like, yeah, there's Drake songs that I've liked before. I'm not saying that there's anything completely wrong with it. I mean, there is usually a packaged person like yeah. we were talking about with self-identity earlier that they identify themselves as the person who I'm going to go to the club and then I go to the pool party on Sunday yeah. after the club and I listen to this music. Dead this ass. Is like, yeah, exactly. Same things like dead ass and i'm like why have i never been able to understand why i don't fit in with those people you know what i mean yeah. Yeah. and it's not even like for lack of trying or wanting to it's just that like you can tell that there's something different about you that just doesn't get along with that kind of person right yeah, yeah. no i definitely i definitely agree and i think that like it's it super it strikes a chord with me when you said the part about when somebody out there who hears our music 
it resonates with them. You know, it, it does genuinely feel special to me because, you know, writing all the melodies and the lyrics, the fact that somebody, you know, wants to cover it or sing it or, or whatever it is, it really does move me. And I, I can't tell you, like, I cried reading those messages because it means a lot. You know, it, it really is a very vulnerable thing to put your feelings, true feelings on paper and, and then and then obviously out into the world. So when you do that and somebody feels that touched by it, that they needed to tell you a very personal story or they needed to show you their version of it, you know, I always get, I'm, I'm a sap for that kind of stuff. I always get like super mm -hmm. emotional because I, I genuinely love that. But yeah, <laughs> I, I was I was just thinking of something, but it's more about knowing the person, you know, like um, and sharing like common things, you know. Oh yeah, that's when you realize like, oh man, I'm not alone. <laughs> like yeah. there are more people like me, and that's so cool. Like to find you know that group of people that you can be creative you can be uh yourself too you can share like oh, like us you know oh, yeah. we we like football and who that 2020 <laughs> yeah. yeah so take that kelly barker <laughs> it's like good night <laughs> so it that's what um really motivates me you know in, in a lot of ways like i know i can rely on my friends on oh i don't understand this let you can you help me you know i'm not perfect so that's the the feeling that i get like oh man we have this thing in, in common which is music and we like everything about it we think the same way you know so that makes me feel like oh man i'm not alone in this world so good for me good yeah. for everyone oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> yeah um i mean with this quote i Honestly, I don't think I can really connect to <laughs> That's it. fair. Yeah. That's fair. That's what's cool about the podcast. Everybody gets a different freaking take on it. 100%. Yeah. I like this Janet Jackson thing that we're about to touch on, though. Yeah. And then the next one was, I would be more familiar with Janet Jackson than I was with Teardrop Explodes or Joy Division because I don't want to listen to my competitors for fear of nicking ideas off them. And oh, man, this is this is a big one for me because... I, I do like I just listen to like I said like stupid stuff half the time like Pink or you know Katy Perry and Janet Jackson like I wear Janet Jackson shirt on stage all the time and like Madonna and stuff like that because I feel like the more you could take influences from outside of rock music yeah and then bring them into rock music then you might have a fresh take on something as opposed to just regurgitating the same things that people are doing yeah like with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, for example, that's that is that is my favorite band. I can like definitively say that my favorite band is Red Hot Chili Peppers. I know that by now, throughout all this time, like I'm, there's a lot of people up there, but John Frusciante specifically, when he's with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, that's my favorite band. Like not the Frusciante list Chili Peppers, but just John Frusciante with the Chili Peppers is my favorite band, and I get so many things from him that I just I don't want to come across as a John Frusciante clone. So it's important to me to listen to things that are just way further out to get influences that wouldn't cause me to be that. Yeah, yeah. Because that would be the worst. Like, I don't want people like hear our songs and be like, that guy just sounds like he wants to be John Frusciante. It's like, well, then why am I even making music? Because he already did it and probably better than I'm going to do it. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, with that one, I mean, I, I can definitely see that. If you could bring in a, a different influence, 
as to the music that you're writing for. That's a big plus. Uh, but then again, it's uh, having a really good understanding of the type of music that you're playing, too, is within that genre. Yeah. True. So I, don't, I wouldn't say, like, oh, I don't want to hang out with them because yeah. then I'm going to think of, like, oh, I might think of something on, like, oh, it sounds like so-and-so's bass line now. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. But, yeah, I can see that. Um, I just say keep it open altogether. Yeah. Don't close out from competitors or whatever it may be. Uh, Agree with that. Go, for sure. Yeah, just go along with them, too. But just bring in your other influences, whatever it may be. I completely agree yeah. with that. And our final quote for the night. I've never regretted not having children. My mindset in that regard has been constant. I objected to being born, and I refused to impose life on someone else. Well, for those of us in the group that already don't have children, <laughs> Jerry, is an interesting Jerry's like, quote. no comment. <laughs> no, um, uh, I, I, like, I think that that's cool. I mean, it's cool to understand anybody's perspective and reason for why they do what they do, especially when, um, you know, speaking as a woman who's married and young, that you're always kind of feeling that pressure to have children. And um, funnily enough, I don't want to throw this person under the, the bus, but a coach that I had had, a vocal coach. <laughs> your doctor. Not the doctor. The doctor was psychotic. But yeah. um, one of a joke, very jokingly, she had said, since you're a rock artist, don't get pregnant. She's like, if you're a country, it would work for you. You could be, you could be on stage and be like cutesy and pregnant, and it would be great. But you're singing rock songs. Nobody wants to see like a nine-month pregnant Alanis Morissette, right? So I thought that was hilarious. But not that I wouldn't have children because of that. But I just thought that was like a little funny anecdote. Um, honestly, right now I have no interest in having children. But that's a whole other topic. And uh, who knows? I'm not a fixed person, so things could happen. I don't know. objected to being born yeah and that's pretty funny no honestly i think that that is my biggest fear as far as kids go i don't have a problem with having kids i could have kids i cannot have kids but i think that the thing that scares me the most is more or less just i feel like it always goes in cycles where i'm gonna have a kid who's like the exact opposite of me and he my kid is gonna be a freaking like a fuck boy <laughs> you know what i mean so true <laughs> he's gonna like oh. wear like 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 stupid clothes and be like oh dad you don't get it and like be like all into drake and going to rage and stuff I, I, <laughs> be like god damn it at, like, of course it's gonna happen at to like me. 16 years old we still drop him at the fire station we're like just go Chad, like go. He's <laughs> like, like you have to, you know, you can put babies. He's at the like, fire. where's my ketamine, mom? Like, you guys don't even do your job. <laughs> You're not from my loins. <laughs> well, no, that that would be my luck. I don't know. Speaking from because I have kids. Yes, Jerry okay. has children. So I'll be the different perspective here. Um, yeah, you know what? Uh, from what he's saying, it's uh, that's his choice. It's everyone's different choice. Um, I had kids when I was young. I was playing when my son was born. Yeah. And uh, because of him, actually, I decided to step away from it back then. It was just, that's what I wanted. Yeah. It was my decision. It wasn't anything like, oh, well, I have a kid now. I can't play music. I was still, uh, I was still involved with music, though. Because, I mean, I was doing, uh, that's when I picked up more of doing the gigs of uh, being a recording engineer. Yeah. So it's not like, from what he's saying there, yeah, that it does give you a little bit more freedom when you don't have kids, which is true. But then again, it can shift. It can evolve. Yeah. 
if you do or for whatever if you don't it could still evolve you but to me it helped me out in that manner that um when i didn't have any uh kids of my own i was playing music or playing constantly doing uh small tours and all that stuff and then uh when my son was born um that's when i decided to hang up being on stage and focus more being on the background of things which is recording music i was more uh, stationary so it it helped me out because now i have a better understanding as far as that type of business goes on behind it and now i'm back at it again so it's full circle i mean (laughs) so totally uh, yeah for that stuff i definitely see it in both ways though you you have a lot of freedom when you don't and when you do you sacrifice but you come like i came around to it so i mean it works both ways oh absolutely and like real quick i want to interject before we get to roy's perspective on this Sean goes Scott is great with kids and I will absolutely say yes he is I have seen him with kids and that's why I told I told him that if I ever whelp a litter it's gonna be <laughs> his to take care of and he's gonna have to breastfeed it and like have to take care of it and they're gonna have to sleep in a different room that because get lactating hormones I can't fold over pouch like, I need to sleep a button clip. And then you'll put a, a print out picture of Megan's face on your side too like try to bond she he'll be my wet nurse mm-hmm. it'll be fine because i have dogs and he can raise it after it comes out so mommy needs her sleep but Roy. yes oh man um about kids yes i like kids yeah it's just i don't think it's it's when they're not mine <laughs> <laughs> i think that's it right that's everybody um i don't know i think it's just not the right time you know i'm just living my best life yeah <laughs> so man. maybe someday right. uh but yeah I, I do like kids i i you know like to have a family later in the future any single ladies in the comment section <laughs> nice. he's like about to start a family yeah he's like looking for some baby mamas right now so that's cool nobody here is that um dogmatic on it as as robert smith was but that was that was our there's nothing wrong with kids that's our psa metal is children friendly (laughs) but um so if there are any real questions now from anybody who's still out there i know we've been going on for almost an hour and a half so we're about ready to close it out that was our discussion on the cure i hope you guys liked that uh we're going to be trying to do this like you said bi-weekly and then um every other week we're going to stagger it podcast or live stream performance and so next weekend we will be playing music yes like it, it's either gonna be friday or saturday we'll figure that exactly. out exactly and we'll tell everyone we'll start so teasing people yes mm-hmm. and we're going mm-hmm. to be obviously doing more run-up so you guys have a better you know warning that this is happening this is impromptu tonight because we didn't know how well it was going to work but um i i thought i, I had fun so yeah Definitely. if there's any questions throw them in i had um does the cure rock does the cure rock oh, yeah we do shit. have to do that yeah. we do have to do point. that so after every podcast, we do a segment where we go around and say each person has to say whether the cure or whatever band it is rocks. And it's after we've discussed it, at the end of the day, do we feel that they rock or do we feel that they don't rock? And that's more or less like giving up like the, the good old Coliseum thumbs up or thumbs down yep. kind of a thing. So um, Start some and I have to be last because I had to pick it. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and say, in short, yes, the cure rocks. Uh, I 
feel that I have been sonically very influenced by The Cure. I have always, I've listened from when I was a child and still to this day, I turn to the music for inspiration on, you know, even the current songs we're writing. So I, I really can't say they, they don't rock and I'm not going to do a cop out like on other episodes where I'm like, oh, well, they only rock from this period to this period because that's not how I go. In the 80s? Yeah, these other people. <laughs> like how I talk about Radiohead. Yes. So that's, I do say, yeah. Megan Rice Killers. believes The Cure rocks since we're going clockwise right yeah okay um <clears throat> the cure i give them all the credit oh no <laughs> I where this is going oh, no. i give them all the credit no they 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 put out all their stuff so um to me in preparation to this podcast i try to do a deep dive on every band that we do a podcast for and uh, I found myself that I was listening to the songs just to kind of get pumped up into it. And then I start doing a little bit of research and stuff. And uh, I noticed that halfway through the songs, I would have I would skip to the next one just to kind of get more into it. And I found myself not being able to listen to an entire Cure song. Um, I mean, I'm the oldest one here, so it's not like kind of saying that, oh, like he's the youngin' or something, and he doesn't like that type of music. But I like 80s music. I love it. But with The Cure, it's just not my cup of tea. I give them all the credit in the world. They did great stuff, but it's just not for me. And Fair that's enough. I'll leave it. And for me, I guess they don't rock. <laughs> <laughs> Man! What can I say after that? Pressure's yeah. on Roy. Oh, my God. Oh, well, The Cure absolutely rocks. <laughs> Just because they were the pioneers of the music that I like, punk, post-punk. Um, I do like some goth, you know, so, just some of it. But um, I really like the their atmosphere, the music, you know, the the texture, the yeah. colors, the everything. Like, I, I don't know. I wish I could just, you know, live back in time and just live in that era, era, the the 80s, and just experience it. But I was born in the 90s, so now nah, just, you know, I just didn't know the, about the Cure until I don't know, maybe when I was in high school, like yeah. 15, 16, something like that. And they were like really scary. I was, I remember just like <laughs> looking at them, like the pictures, you know, and on yeah, the album, yeah. I was like, man, this guy looks like a clown or something, you know. <laughs> but, but the music was like what you know, kind of get got me sold, and and I was like, I'm all in. I like it, and just because the other bands that I listen to also have some similarity with the Cure's music, like there's something that references to. Back in the you know the the eighties or something like that, so it's like oh yeah, that's from the Cure. They stole that riff from the Cure, you know, from those bands. So it's everywhere in my library, you know, Spotify library. It's the Cure is it's got to be there. So yeah. yes, they they yeah. absolutely rock. <laughs> nice. Sky All right, so it. I picked the Cure for this. I think they rock, but I can also side with Jerry in the way that. There are a lot of aspects of things that they do that I don't like. Like I said, like I feel like they have a lot of song structures that just meander, and you're just like, why the fuck is this intro a hundred? I mean, a minute and forty seconds long. Like it just really doesn't. I mean, and if you look at it, they, 
like has anybody ever actually wanted to just listen to a minute and 40 seconds of instrumental that repeats and repeats and repeats and repeats you're like you could just cut that in half and people will get the same point you know what i mean it, it's like unless and being serious and like unless you're high which would you know might be fun if you're just laying on the ground like smoking weed or something you'd be like okay cool i'm glad this song's this long but like a normal human being who's not on drugs <laughs> <laughs> kind of wants you to get to the point to some extent. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I really do like The Cure. I think that there are a lot of good songs. I think there are a lot of bad songs. But, you know, that's like any person. Like, there's probably going to be things you don't like about certain people and probably things you like love about certain people. So I just think that Cure's, Cure's awesome. I think that there's more good than bad, but there's still some bad. So, yeah. So... Does Cure rock or not? I don't know. I can't. I'm, I'm never going to say that the band has a stance when everybody's divided here. So I think you guys need to decide. Does the Cure rock for yourself? Did you guys learn anything? Was this interesting? What did you think? Um, did you? Sean just said, "To be honest, the Cure live is boring." There you go. Probably for the same reason. Well, there you go. So on that note, um, we're going to go ahead and conclude our podcast we well, got to answer you i know but there I'm was one question i, I am yeah. going to i'm going to conclude the podcast portion we're done talking about the cure thank you guys for joining us we really appreciate you um one question that i did see uh, that people were as jose, jose wanted wanted to ask if um i have any advice for a fellow vocalist my one thing and i'll just sit right here since scott already departed all right you're in my light so there's that. <laughs> anyway, um, Jose, sorry, my, my question, or your question. Uh, my advice to you would be 100% um, train. Uh, get a great uh, mentor or a coach, anything like that. Always be training. Celine Dion still has a vocal coach. Anybody that you really respect who is a fantabulous vocalist is always training. You will always be a student. As long as you're an artist, you will always think of yourself as a student. That's the best advice I can give. Train, train, train. Um, you'll be better for it, and you'll always be growing. So that is that's it. Um, thank you guys so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. We'll be streaming a live full band performance. See ya. Peace out. I have to figure out how to turn it off now. There it is.